Terrence Money Mitchell connected the audio here. Once he gets on here, we'll just dive right into it. Um, looks like Terrence, as I was to say, uh, it was an honor to meet your dad of all places, uh, Joe's Barbecue in Kansas City, and get to spend a couple minutes with him and do a quick uh, Facebook Live out there with him. Uh, that was a lot of fun to meet, uh, you know, Terrence Sr. That was a lot of fun to meet him and chat with him. And, of course, all the gratitude for him, you know, hooking us up so you could be on the show. But uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you. welcome to the Here We Go Brownie Show. Oh, man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. This is a show, Terrence, by the fans, for the fans. We're Browns fans. we got a bunch of fans on with us now. Um, so we're looking forward to having you on. But real quick, we'll just kind of get into it. And I just want to talk about this season, right? You saw so much adversity. You faced so much adversity, starting with COVID, to training camp, to this and that, to just injuries, what have you. Um, but you certainly stepped up in the face of adversity. You played the most snaps defensively. What was your mindset this season? How did you make the most of it? And what was the biggest challenge? Well, my mindset was, you know, I always – this year was my first year being able to play as many consecutive games. And, you know, that was a goal of mine coming into the year. So, you know, I was going to be ready for whatever. And, you know, God blessed me with durability and allowed me to be able to play throughout the season. And so this has been a blessing that I was able to do that. You know what I mean? And when I hear about – uh, somebody told me a stat about how many snaps I played this year, and it was crazy to think because just last year, you know, I was barely getting a lot of action. So, you know, it was a blessing. Yeah. It was a blessing. 1,225 snaps, by the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. See, you know that. I told I told somebody. Yeah. Oh, we lost him again. I'll tell you guys, we've just been having a slew of technical issues, but, but let, me, let me reiterate that, by the way. Let me reiterate that. 1,225 snaps for a cornerback. Dustin, that is no easy thing to do, by the way. Well, that's basically your – I mean, yeah, that's, that's a lot of snaps. <laughs> a lot of snaps. And what do, we say, what do we say on this program is durability, availability is your best ability. And that's right. exactly exactly what – what he demonstrated for the Cleveland Browns this season. Coach's yeah. phone died. I just had to go say, sprint and go get my other phone. We both I'm have so sorry. I'm sorry. And it hey, went green. No his phone died. <laughs> no, I was just saying, you know, we talk about 1,225 snaps. And I just said durability and availability is your best ability. And that's exactly what you demonstrated this season. It, it was just absolutely remarkable. So kudos to you for doing that. Us Browns fans certainly appreciated it. We loved watching you out on the field every Sunday. Uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate being out there. And I hope, I hope that, you know, this was just a little taste of what, um, what can come to the future for the Cleveland Browns. Mm -hmm. I love it. Dustin, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. So Terrence, now you've been with the Cleveland Browns, you know, for a few years, how do you, you know, do you feel at home? As you just pointed, to continue that journey of that unfinished business, I actually was, you know, obviously in Kansas City. And, I mean, you know, the second round of the playoff, that taste. I mean, you played for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you know. And it just but now you, you have that taste of the playoffs in your mouth. Like, what's it been, you know, now that you've kind of, you know, for the first time had, you know, some, some stability in being with the Browns for a few years now and what that's meant to you and kind of, you know, how does that look with that, you know, unfinished business? Like, you know, like we're close right you know yes sir I mean you know I love to make Cleveland be my home you know I love the city you know I love the fans it's a 
it's a great place, a lot of tradition with the team. And, you know, I just love to continue to put on that orange helmet. And just like you said, with the taste of, you know, some success getting uh, as far as we did in the playoffs, you know, that's just momentum to take into next season because, you know, we, we have a great team. You know, we got a great coach, great coaching staff. And, you know, there's so much more we can do. But, you know, sometimes – Sometimes you got to get a little taste before you can get the whole – eat the whole little cake, you know what I mean? I hear you. know, I – coming off of this season, and really from 2019 to 2020, I'm sure uh, you've had some time to really reflect on your game. You're coming off of a season where your durability, availability, they were on full display. Career high, like I mentioned, tw uh, 1,225 snaps, 99% uh, usage, and career high in tackles. Um, can you tell me how were you able to make the jump from 2019? Um, and really specifically, a jump that kind of seems reflective of the entire locker room, if you will. Well, you know, the NFL is always about, you know, being ready and, and being ready when your job is called, you know. And, like, for me, stepping into the road this year, you know, I just used it as an opportunity to – try to, you know, show show the team, show all other teams in the NFL that I can definitely play. And, you know, just playing as much as I did this year, I, there's so much room for improvement still. You know, just I even myself got a little taste of going to the playoffs and being able to play as much. So I'm definitely more motivated, and I feel like there's a lot of things that I can do in the offseason right now to get better and just come back as a better player and try to help the team get a little further. So – yeah, so with that said, you know, how was your experience? Because, you know, you started out in Dallas and you've, you know, been around the NFL a little bit. How has your experience been different now in Cleveland versus compared to other teams? Like, how is that – what have you seen that's different compared to the other teams that you've played with and been around the NFL? Because, you know, you're kind of that veteran that's moved around a little bit now and has that, you know, that people can rely on you as a, a steady player. But what does that look like for you? Well, for me, you know – Stability, stability is key, you know, just being able to be somewhere for three years now, it just makes you feel at home, you know, like sometimes you have to adapt quick to new situations, but I mean, it's nothing like being a place where you're loved and, you know, it's just, it's home, you know, and I think that can also affect you playing everything, you're just happy. Right. Let's let's talk about that a little bit because I, I know us Browns fans, we would love to keep you in Cleveland. We we've loved watching you so far. You've been so much fun, consistent, durable, you name it. But you've been in Cleveland, you know what, what it means to this city, you know what it means to the fan base. But to go in for the Cleveland Browns to go in and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers to get to the playoffs and then beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs, what did that journey look like for you and what did what did that experience mean to you? It was like no other, you know, like, you know, I pride myself. Well, I guess, well, as a, as a, as a kid growing up, I've always been an underdog. And going into both of those games, we were the underdogs. You know, nobody thought we could get the job done. Nobody believed in us but our fans, you know. And, you know, just getting those two victories back-to-back -back was big for the city just to show that, you know, things are going to be different moving, moving forward in the future. Yeah. And just you know, as you and you just said, you know, you got you're hungry. You can taste it. Sometimes you don't get the whole cake. You get a bite of it, and then you can go in and say the cake's mine, right? We can make it to that next level. So as we look now, you know, we're all watching the Kansas City Chiefs play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
in the off season, as you look forward, what is your biggest personal goal that you've kind of already set for yourself? Because I'm assuming, you know, you've already done that for the off season to, you know, even be better. But what is your personal goal that you've kind of made for yourself? Well, truthfully, truthfully, my mind right now, well, sports-wise, you know, I have, I t I'm taking a break. I unplugged, you know what I mean? I got the taste. You have to. I feel motivated and want to and wanna get back to work. But right now, I'm kind of focused on um, my brand. I'm trying to put together a brand uh, called 39 and sell some shirts. <laughs> I have a shirt on right here, by the fact. I love it. Shirt. Yeah, but I'm trying to get some of those things going, trying to build my brand. But um, sports-wise, you know, just in, in small, i say, like, just my mental part of my game, you know, um, working on – finishing a couple of those interceptions that I could have got, you know, and, you know, it's just little things like that, little small, small tidbits, you know, I'm not too far off, but yeah. Hey, I, yeah, you all to give us a little more information offline. I was just going to say, we've got, we'll, we'll push that all day, every day to all of our fans. Um, 39. I love it. That's, that's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, so, and next time when I come back on the show, I'm going to have a nice background like you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd love to have you back on for sure, man. Absolutely. We'll, we'll have to get you an official Here We Go Brownies podcast yeah. t-shirt. Uh, we'll get you one of those sent out to you. Um, and of course, push your 39 brand. That's awesome. Um, but we've, we've actually had Porter Gustin on a couple times and um, we love talking to him and just kind of picking his brain mid-season. And one thing he said to, said to us live on the program one time was Coach Stefanski's motto was embrace the suck. And that's kind of been you know, like I mentioned, you went through a ton of adversity with injuries, with the training camp, with COVID, just with everything. What was it like playing for the coach of the year? What What was that culture like in, in the locker room and within the organization? I mean, it was like, you know, a coach like Stefanski, he's a player's coach, and he was always open and honest with us um, as a coach and as a leader. And when you're like that as a coach, you know, your players gravitate towards you more and it's – your players want to play for you, you know what I mean? And, like, he's just been fair and open with us. And, you know, we told us, explained to us early on that, you know, this year is going to be very different and you got to be able to hit the curveball. And we had many curveballs thrown our way. And so just from day one, he had us, he had our minds ready and focused for the journey ahead. And we just continued to trust the process and, you know, was able to make some moves. Yeah, as I say, one of the things that really stood out to me, they showed some of the voting. I don't know if you saw this, Allie. Uh, but other than a few votes, it was unanimous for um, for Stefanski for Coach of the Year. There was a couple for Andy Reid, you know, but it was like 14 to – I mean, it was it was a very dominant number. But I can imagine that he he just strikes me as a leader of men. And to your point, people, grad, you know, they gravitate towards that and can respect the guy that's open and honest with his players and is really transparent. It just seems like he's always that way in interviews, and I'm assuming that's the way he is behind Steady the scenes. Eddie. Yeah, no doubt about that. Good man. Well, I'll tell you this, and I'll get you out of here on this one. First and foremost, we've got a couple people here in the comments saying, hey, as soon as uh, your your brain is all ready to go, they're all lining up to buy, buy some uh, – <laughs> some swag there but um what? this actually is a question coming from one of our one of our friends of the program craig um he wants to know what it's like to play under joe woods 
you know, we, we know that we've been aggressive kind of in the front seven trying to get pressure on the quarterback. But what's that really meant for, like, guys like you, Denzel Ward, Kevin Johnson? Um, and really, sometimes you don't really know what's going on in the secondary and having to kind of uh, change on a whim with the COVID and things like that. What was it like playing under Joe Woods in the defensive scheme? Oh, it was real fun playing with Joe. You know, he has a great scheme. You know, it's a lot of a lot of history behind the scheme, and um, it definitely allows players to make uh, plays. And I think with it being a new scheme for us all this year, I think it like as you play in a system like that, over time you get better and learn different tricks and trades that you can apply to to different defenses. So I think it's definitely good for. Um, a defense that wants to get a lot of takeaways. Well, I will tell you this. We are looking forward to seeing you in that defense next year uh, and hopefully long-term as a Cleveland Brown. I was just going to say, I I very much enjoyed watching you uh, this year. And to Allie's point, I mean, we had Clay Matthews Sr. on uh, right after the game, by the way, in Kansas City. He came on for an interview with us, uh, Terrence. And he said what he respected most about this Cleveland Browns team and why he loves and enjoys watching you guys as your grinders. And you, with as many snaps as you played this year, kind of are the epitome of grinder to me. Like, you just went out and grinded and grinded because that's – and he goes, I love watching teams. And then I said to him, I was like, because you were a grinder? And he he smirked and smiled. He goes, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was out there. I put it all on the line. He goes, and that's what you can tell about players. Even if they're down by 10 or up by 10, you know they're a grinder type of team. And he said, I see that in this team, and I'm proud of them. So that was from yeah, that. That's, that's definitely, you know, those are some of the things that was instilled in us from day one with Coach Stefanski. So, you know, that's going to be a thing that the Browns will always be, you know, blue-collar grinders. Reflective of the city, the fan base, and within the whole organization. But, Terrence, we loved having you on. Thank you for yeah. your time. Uh, I know we had some technical issues, but – Hey, we even before we got on the show, me and Dustin had a hard time. I had to like restart the whole podcast like five times. So uh, no worries on that. But we appreciate having you on. Best of luck this offseason. And we are rooting for you. I appreciate you guys for having me. And um, I look forward to another time coming to chat with you guys. Absolutely. You guys you you have to do your 39 as your background. Yes. And have it all set up with your with your with your uh, do a nice background with 39 and that'll show up Romans. Oh yeah. That'll Ooh, be good. Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. We'll, we'll certainly have to have you on in the future. Terrence, we love you. We appreciate you. Go Browns. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank Karen, you. I'll be in touch. Okay. That is Terrence money, Mitchell, the man, the myth, the legend. How great is he? I mean, the best. the best. I know I say that after every Cleveland Brown we have on, but it just goes to show how great these guys are. He's really humble. That's what I like about him. He's just a humble guy. And you know what's funny? He started smirking. He knows he's a grinder. Like that. It's funny how former players can look at a player or a team and be like, because they played the game, right? Like they just know, right? And they're like, no, that's a grinder team. It's not a finesse team. It's not a, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like there's teams in the NFL that you look and go, that's a finesse team, right? The Browns just are epitomes of grinders, right? Like they just grind it out because sometimes it comes easy and sometimes it's real hard, right? True. And it's just, but you grind because you got to win, right? And yep. so, yeah, you're, you're exactly like right. Um, but we love having him on. He is absolutely welcome anytime, guys. Go check out his brand 39 as soon as he gets that ready to go. Uh, that's Terrence Money Mitchell. We hope to see him as a long term Cleveland Brown. Um, and of course, hope to have him on in the near future. 
Go sign them, Mr. Barry. Go yeah, sign come on, Andrew Barry. Let's make that one happen. 